Next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougar football back on the national scene. Prestigious awards, high praise, and why all the credit should go to some good old fundamentals. BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler goes inside the triumph over Texas and how the Cougars can get better before the much-anticipated rivalry showdown with Utah. Plus, Taysom Hill on how Taysom Hill improves from here and everything else a BYU sports fanatic should know in the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome to a Tuesday, September 10th, BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan alongside Spencer Linton. The, the buzz and the glow from Texas still emanating from Saturday here in Provo. We uh, hope you enjoy the show and enjoy what we have in store for you here on a Tuesday, wherever you might be across the country. Uh, we'll have some great stuff uh, with Blaine Fowler coming up, as mentioned, Taysom Hill, and uh, we'll discuss a little bit of uh, Utah. Yeah, always as always, thanks for making us part of your day. Friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network 980. You can also catch the show on demand every afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. That's how you listen, and this is how you join the conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and take a chance and vote in our daily poll question at BYUTVSports.com. Speaking of, Jerem. Okay, the question on BYUTVSports.com. Besides Utah, what other BYU football game are you looking forward to the most? Boise State, Utah State, Wisconsin, or Notre Dame? I know Wisconsin and Notre Dame are huge names, and that creates a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz. But that game against Utah State is quickly becoming very intriguing because they have what I believe is a Cinderella Heisman Trophy candidate in Chucky Keaton. And he strikes that kind of fear into me. He is such a dynamic athlete. I cannot believe they lost the season opener to Utah. Chucky Keaton was incredible in that game. Uh, But, you know, got to give the Utes credit. They they took a chance, went for the onside kick, got it, and... uh, it worked out for the Utes, but Utah State embarrassed Air Force on Saturday. Yeah, they were awesome, and, and Chucky's doing really well right now. To me, it's uh, Wisconsin. That's the game I'm looking forward to the most, other than Utah. It might have been Boise State uh, had they not laid an egg against Washington in the opener and just got blown out. Um, then they came back and beat, uh, what was it, Tennessee Martin last week uh, big. So Boise State, not maybe not the same this year. It's weird to think that the Broncos may not win double-digit games. I mean, how many years have they won double-digit games? They can back and do it, but who knows? Utah State is going to—that Utah State-Boise State game is juicy this year. That is going to be a fun matchup. No question. Hey, vote. BYUTVSports.com. Which game are you looking forward to most other than the Utah contest coming up on September 21st? Rise and shout! It's time for What's Trending. Topic number one, BYU throwing a block party. You know, you look at a guy like Cody Hoffman, who is uh, an unbelievable receiver, and and watch the way he blocked downfield versus Texas, and which allowed us to to rush for as many yards as we did. And you talk to receivers, they want to catch the ball. You know, they don't get excited to go block downfield, but that's what they're doing. BYU sophomore quarterback Taysom Hill had an incredible Saturday night, but took time to give his wide receivers credit for blocking down the field. 
He mentioned Cody Hoffman, Mitch Matthews, Ross Apple, Skyler Ridley. I saw him lay absolutely lay out a defender, which really got me excited. And as good as the offensive line was, the extra yards downfield were due to field blocks from the wide receivers. It's clearly evident when you watch the postgame review. Yeah, Skyler Ridley had a pancake block. He took down a cornerback. Uh, that gave Taysom Hill even more room one time. Adam Hine had a huge block on Jamal's longest run. Uh, Cody Hoffman is a really good blocker downfield uh, on that same Jamal run uh, heading to the south. I'm trying to remember, I think third quarter, another huge block. Cody Hoffman only had two catches and was only targeted four times, but he helped greatly uh, with this, the, the entire team. Not to mention the offensive line, who did a tremendous job, but everyone was blocking effectively. BYU was the aggressor. Every receiver wants to catch the ball a lot, you know, and Taysom touched lightly on that. This is a new role for the BYU receivers. Less targets, definitely more blocking. There is an advantage, however. You look at a team like Georgia Tech, and we'll hear about from Blaine Fowler a little bit later on this, but they, they don't throw very many passes, but when they do, they strike big. They score touchdowns a lot of the time. And with BYU running the ball more effectively, more often, they very well could become that big play, that big pass play team. Yeah, you'll we'll see how much BYU passes uh, going forward too. You know, 72 rushes. Holy cow for a BYU team. That's amazing. And we'll get into this a little bit later. BYU's uh, rush-pass ratio, how it compares to last year through two games, and if you're okay with that. Yeah, Bronco Mendenhall was asked at practice yesterday how his team can keep improving as blocking did from week one to two and continuing to work at that same level of intensity. We upped our intensity and expectations significantly from week one to week two, and that was the message to the team today. If they want those kind of results, then their preparation and practice will be similar, and they'll choose whether to sustain it or not. When it pays off, it's easy. It's easy to keep doing it. And the reward for BYU was a 40-21 to win over 15th-ranked Texas in dominating fashion. That's a motive. I mean, you watch that game film. How can you not feel motivated if you're the BYU football team? Watching what you did. There have been very few times the last year, a uh, couple of years, where I thought, wow, BYU punched the other team in the mouth from the start and was relentless. And that was, that was so refreshing to see on Saturday. And... The Virginia game and the frustration of that, I think, created some of that. in the, Not only the offensive line, but the entire team, where they said, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's hook them, Horns. Let's go. And uh, at the beginning of the game, BYU was the aggressor, and it went throughout the entire game, and they never really let up. They could have scored more points. They could have been aggressive at the end of the second half and gone for a touchdown, but they added three. They didn't score in the fourth quarter. But you still you win by 19, and you sent a message. I think that's the bigger than the the win itself was the message that it sent to BYU's future opponents and and BYU fans and maybe themselves. We're capable of doing it this way. Yeah, and you can thank uh, the fundamentals, blocking uh, downfield at the line at the initial point of contact. BYU did the simple things, and they did them very well. Trending topic number two: Taysom Hill, the magnificent. Now Taysom runs out of treble and runs into the end zone. 151 yards rushing and two touchdowns in the first half. Dave McCann on the BYU TV game day replay, which you can catch on BYUtvsports.com, by the way, right now. 
Uh, Taysom Hill, 259 rushing yards again on Saturday, second most in school history. Do you know who had the second most going into the game that he passed in that? We know first, Eldon Forte. Who was a single-wing quarterback, who's like a running back playing yeah. quarterback. 272 in 1962, which, by the way, Lavelle Edwards, that was his first year as an assistant on that team at BYU, 62. Who was, who was second? Oh, I don't any, know Any that. guess? I don't know. I know a lot about Forte, that he was our first consensus All-American. He was BYU's first consensus All-American, but I'd, you got me there. Ronnie Jenkins. Okay. 250 in 1998. So Taysom Hill, 259. All sorts of awards, CBSSports.com, Offensive Player of the Week, Athlon Sports National Player of the Week. Uh, got interviewed last night, I know, on CBS National Radio. Just a tremendous performance, a lot of which was highlighted by the fact that he was so effective in his zone read. In fact, yesterday, ESPN's Trevor Maddich joined the show and told us that he thinks Taysom Hill's zone read fake is one of the best he's ever seen. There were so many times when I watched the wrong guy. In other words, he would mesh with the running back on the zone read, and I thought he gave the ball to the running back. But as it turned out, he kept the ball and went around the corner. And I watch zone read every day, hours a day, as I watch tape preparing for ESPN College Football Live. Nobody is as deceptive uh, with the ball handling as Taysom Hill. ESPN's Trevor Maddich yesterday on BYU Sports Nation. Maddich Mondays. He's going to be breaking it down with us each and every Monday. That's great insight right there. That guy watches so much football. So for him to say that Taysom Hill does that better than any other quarterback in the country is saying something. And he's watching all the teams that are doing the same thing now. Oregon, Texas, and now BYU. But he's saying Taysom Hill is the best in that category. That's amazing. I mean, Trevor Maddich is a respected college football personality. In fact, we had Joe Tessitore here, here last Friday who called the game uh, between BYU and Texas on ESPN2, and Joe Tessitore said, if there's an underrated college football analyst in the country, it is Trevor Maddich. That guy really knows his stuff. And, of course, Maddich, with the BYU backdrop, played on the 1984 National Championship team alongside offensive coordinator Robert and I. So he does have ties and additional interest in BYU's program, but... You know, for him to give Taysom Hill that kind of a compliment should really make BYU Sports Nation feel good. Trending topic number three, Dave Rose. BYU basketball head coach underwent surgery Monday as part of his cancer treatment at the Huntsman Cancer Hospital. Cancer spots were discovered during Rose's most recent cancer screening. Surgery was performed by Dr. Courtney Scaife. She said, quote, the surgery went well. I expect him to make a full recovery. Now, Rose has undergone cancer screenings every six months since he was diagnosed with pancreatic neuroendocrine tumor cancer back in June of 2009. But he is expected to be ready for the Cougars uh, when practice officially begins on October 7th. That is fantastic news. We wish a speedy recovery to Coach Rose here at BYU Sports Nation. That man is an inspiration to a lot of folks. We're definitely grateful to hear the positive news after his surgery. The amount of well wishes he has received on social media in the last 24 hours is remarkable. And it's just a testament to what, what kind of a man he is. Yeah, two or three weeks ago, uh, I was in Coach Rose's office working on a, a- a project that we're going to announce next week associated with BYU basketball. But he was doing well then. Uh, so this must have been the last couple of days uh, where he went in and they found cancerous spots. And luckily, like the surgeon said, you know, he's expected to, to be okay. So we're grateful for that. My favorite message uh, from Twitter came from a diehard Utah fan. Uh, he said, I hope Coach Rose is around for many more years to give my Utes fits. God bless. <laughs> 
Jamie Zaninovich, West Coast Conference Commissioner, uh, said this uh, on Twitter. On behalf of all of us in the WCC, thoughts and prayers go out to the BYU men's basketball coach, Dave Rose. Well wishes for a speedy recovery. And, of course, one of the uh, number one fans of, of Dave Rose and uh, a friend is ESPN college basketball expert Andy Katz. Uh, he said, I want to send our, be- uh, our best to Coach Rose. He's beaten cancer once before. Yeah, I mean, really, we're just scratching the surface. Number of uh, high-profile personalities offering their best to Coach Dave Rose and his family. I met Cheryl Rose for the first time at the West Coast Conference Tournament, the Orleans Arena, and she is an energetic, extremely kind lady. And uh, both of them are just an outstanding representation of the university and what BYU sports stand for. Our best wishes uh, to Coach Rose as he recovers. And, okay, other news and notes. Uh, Jamal Williams, Saturday, kind of got bent backwards there in the fourth quarter, looked to hurt his back. It was um, question- questionable I, play right there. Yeah. I think a normal a normal man or 18-year-old uh, would have been, uh, yeah, hurt for a while, but apparently he's okay. So I, I was tweeting some various stats about Jamal's performance so far in the season and where he fits into BYU uh, football, one of which is he only needs – I believe it's 85 yards a game the rest of the year to finish in the top 10 for career yards at BYU after his sophomore, sophomore year. year. I'm going to I'm calling it now. He's going to break Harvey Yunga's all-time rushing record here. He's going to do it. He's certainly, you, he's certainly out to a fast start. You didn't hear it here first because that's probably pretty obvious. But Jamal's mom at UCLA grad 90 said the following. She tweeted at me Saturday night. She said, Jamal will be okay, just a little sore, two weeks in a row over 100 yards. And then Jamal on Sunday tweeted this, Thanks for everybody being concerned. I really appreciate it, but I'm fine. I'll be ready for the Utah game. Go Cougars. Yeah, I was he appears actually, to be okay. Yeah, and thank goodness. I was actually uh, walking down the sideline to get ready for uh, post-game interviews on BYU TV's game day replay, and I didn't see the play until I went home and watched it on TV. And your body is not supposed to bend backward that way. It, it just looked really awkward and then all of a sudden my phone started to kind of blow up with hey is Jamal okay what's going on with Jamal what's what's happening is he all right and so uh, I know BYU Sports Nation breathing easy uh, when they found out when he was up and and doing post-game interviews and and saying that he's just a little sore so for what it's worth Jamal get better quickly and uh, yeah move forward the guys had 63 carries in two games um which may be a little bit of a concern in and of itself. <laughs> 33 and then 30. Um, second most, uh, second most rushes, rushing yards in the country right now, Jamal Williams. It'll be interesting to see how many carries he gets against Utah. And speaking of that rivalry game, uh, you heard the news here on BYU Sports Nation yesterday as we told you the kick time for next week's rivalry game against that team up north. If you recall, the kick time will be 8.15 p.m. on ESPN2. After practice, Coach Bronco Mendenhall was asked if he likes the start to the game that late. Yeah, it's about 45 minutes before my bedtime, so I'm going to have to start training right now for it, I think. Here's what Bronco was really thinking. Crap. (laughs) Crap. Okay, really, we're, we're taking that out of, of context. However, um, that was Saturday in reference to Taysom Hill sliding or not in their conversation. And then he just kind of, at the end, just kind of lost his train of thought, said that, and then he was done. <laughs> <laughs> he, he walked off. I don't know what else to say. 
Uh, anyway, late start for BYU-Utah. A lot of people I've seen joking, well, what if it goes into overtime? Is BYU going to play on Sunday? And uh, you're never going to get away from that stuff. <laughs> yeah, they would still play. They almost did last year, thanks to the Utah student, the, the Mus, storming the field three times. It almost went, it could have gone to midnight. Had they gone into overtime, it would have gone into midnight. The game that ended three times. All right, we remind you, your Twitter topic, BYU's rush-pass ratio is in 2012. It was 50.3 rushes to 49.7 pass, seven more rush plays overall. Yeah, so about 50-50. And when you look at the whole season, there were only seven more rushes than there were passes for BYU. So through two games, and granted, game two skewed it a little bit because BYU was effectively rushing and, and, and milked that. Through two games, BYU's rush pass ratio is 65-35 rush. So, so the, qu- the question is... If this ratio holds, BYU Sports Nation, are you okay with that? Tweet your comments at BYU Sports Nation. If BYU kept this up, the 65 rush to 35 pass ratio, would you be okay with that? And I think you were doing some mathematics, and given Taysom Hill's pass completion percentage... Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, this is good. Listen to this. I'm so excited I'm interrupting you. Every, so for every 10 plays, that means BYU's rushing the ball six and a half times, passing it three and a half. At 33% completion rate, that means for every 10 plays called right now, BYU's completing one pass. For every 10 plays called. One pass Because completion. you're completing one out of every three, and you're only passing three and a half out of every 10. Yeah, I'm going to use a really cliche statement and say this is not your grandfather's BYU Cougar football team. <laughs> I don't think that it's going to be 65-35. I think it's going to be... 55-45 when all said and done. There's going to be a couple games where BYU is going to chuck it a little more. Maybe it's 60-40, but still. Uh, even last year's team, last year's team, you, you, rush, you rush the ball. You have to have an effective QB to throw the ball. And right now, BYU's got to get more out of Taysom Hill, and I think they will. I don't care how you win, but in the words of Al Davis, win, former Raiders owner, just win, baby. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, the mechanics of improving a throw. Former BYU quarterback Blaine Fowler tells us how Taysom Hill improves in Game 3. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. And now, back to more Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jeremy Gordon. You can follow us on Twitter at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jaron Jordan. You can also follow the show at BYU Sports Nation. A perfect segue now to welcome in our next guest, at BFowler16, the one and only Blaine Fowler, former BYU quarterback and current BYU TV expert analyst. Blaine, welcome back to the show. Good to be I, I'm actually have been tweeting once in a while, too. I tweeted about the storm the other day. Welcome back. That. Yeah, it's like To the crazy. Twitter sphere. I know. I, I kind of take off during the summer. I only tweet during football and basketball season. So, by the way, remarkable performance in that commercial with Kyle Van Noy. Oh, I, you know, I haven't seen the finished product yet. You haven't. I oh need my to goodness. see that. I mean, was I convincing? You may win yeah. an award. <laughs> yes. The the <laughs> thumbs. If you haven't seen it, it's on the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel. There's three commercials with Kyle Van Noy highlighting his ability to just fix things. He's got it. I've oh, got yeah, it. Can, That's kind of his phrase. He jump-started my battery with his bare hands. <laughs> that, so, that happened in real life, I believe, right? Well, no, the thing that was scary, like, we were saying, <laughs> you're going to come over to your battalion, you're going to jump-start the thing, and you know, he comes over and he puts his fingers on the battery terminals, and my car started. Boom, goes the dynamite. And my favorite part of that is your thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So no, I was like, I was like, I did that. You don't like, say no, no. anything. No, the director's like, Blaine. Like, really overemphasize. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you did. I'm an actor at heart. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, 
I don't know if you heard, Blaine, but uh, BYU knocked off Texas on Saturday. Yeah, I was there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You were calling I was game. part of the BYU TV telethon. That was <laughs> the, the weather-a-thon. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we when we lost the you know the set down on the field to weather, um, Dave and I got to figure out how to fill up. Well, we didn't have We just had to be up there and, and uh, all the folks behind the scenes running and grabbing video and getting folks for us to interview. It ended up being felt like a telethon for a couple hours before the game, but... It's fun because the end result was outstanding. Even though we had a two-hour lead-up to it, the end result was, I think, quite unexpected. 550 rushing yards. How do you explain that against Texas? You know, I've, I watched the film last night, and then uh, we we broke down we broke down some film for for True Blue yesterday, and. Uh, Texas was not good with their assignments. First of all, BYU did an excellent job, much better than they did at Virginia, at getting off of the football and getting the right people on the right people defensively. So you always hear people say, we got to get a hat on a hat. You know, and at Virginia, there were some assignment errors in the run game, and they weren't coming off the ball. In this game, from play one, they came off the ball and hit people, and they hit the right people from a, from a schematic perspective you know we're looking at plays I'm looking at plays going wow they accounted for everybody they blocked everybody they were supposed to block and if you've got Jamal Williams running the football and you get a a head on a head out there and create some seams he's going to get big yardage which he did and then Texas got so worried about getting up in there and trying to stop Jamal from running the football that their safeties would get out of position their inside linebackers weren't able to flow where they were supposed to go they'd get concerned there Taysom would pull the ball out and they really underestimated how athletic and how fast he was. So he just ran away from people, bad angles, and it was ridiculous. And they never adjusted. Texas never adjusted in the ballgame. That's why their D coordinator got fired. And how does that happen, Blaine, with BYU's offensive line? Because you had four of the same five guys out there, but you just mixed them up. What happened on the offensive line I, to do that? I think Stringham is a lot more comfortable at guard than he was at left tackle. You know, Yek did a really nice job this week at left tackle, and they they played a lot of guys. We saw Johnson with some good blocks in that Kersley game. Kersley got in. Kersley played. Um, you know, they, so they played a lot of guys, and and no matter who they put in there, um, they played with a lot of aggression. You know, the the term violence in the run game. When you're running the ball, you want to violently go attack. And and I thought BYU was passive in the run game. Uh, you know, a week ago at Virginia, and this week they were violent in the run game. They were out there creating collisions, knocking people around. And so, you know, part of it is physical. They were physically better. I think their footing was better. They were able to get off the ball. But but most of it is mental. They were confident with who they were going to get, so they came off the ball harder, and they smacked people around, and then they gained confidence. And I just watched Texas on their heels and throughout that game, getting you know their body language was more and more negative as the game progressed. And then you could see their coaches arguing with one another on the sideline. You saw players arguing with one another. You get into the third and fourth quarter and the other team's arguing, now you know you're all up in their heads. And BYU got all up in their heads. It was great. Now the body language between Mac Brown and, and Diaz and some of the other coaches was quite telling. Yeah, you knew something was up. And uh, and they weren't happy, and of course Diaz was let go the next you know on Monday. So Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. We're talking with Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, uh, recapping the Texas craziness from last Saturday night. Uh, not only was the weather a strange start, but uh, the whole result of the game. I, I think we're still trying to wrap our head around just how BYU was able to dominate a national powerhouse like that. Jeremy and I were talking yesterday about a couple of things 
One, where does this win rank in the Bronco Mendenhall era outside of the Utah wins? Because those are always emotional. Everyone's super high on those. Where does this win rank uh, in the Bronco era? And it's right up there right now, but it depends on how the season goes. So if they have a magical season now from this point forward, it could come right to the top of the list. But I think that Oklahoma game is probably the best win. That's number one to me as well. in, In the Bronco era because I know it was a neutral field, but it really was an away game. Oklahoma had 60,000 people in that stadium, and that's a kind of a home away from home from them. Anyhow, they play Texas in Dallas every year. So uh, that was a road game against a really good opponent that was ranked in the top five in every poll. Um, and so to me, that's a bigger win. Now, now this win is a home win after a long delay, which I think favors the home team. And uh, and we'll see how big it becomes by how Texas plays the rest of the year and how BYU plays the rest of the year. We, we won't know how big this game is until we see the end. Hook'em horns. That's what I say. Other games for consideration, Blaine. 2006 TCU, BYU's uh, one of their best the, road The road wins. game. I thought yep. unbelievable game. You beat, I think, 17th ranked TCU on the road. That was tremendous. That was on its way. To, that was the fifth game in the 11-2 season that year. Uh, 08 UCLA, 59-0, just the shutout against Norm Chow as offensive coordinator. That, that, was, a, that was a feast. I mean, they just... They ate UCLA alive. That was that was the most dominating big game performance. I think yeah. that was even more than this. I mean, they just they killed UCLA from the every get-go. bounce went BYU's way. That was 2010 BYU Utah 54-10 here. That was that was the opposite. The UCLA yeah, game was the opposite. Exactly, I thought that's exactly. what it feels like to be on the other end of that. That's a terrible feeling. Yeah, <laughs> 2009 Oregon State um, in the. Uh, Las Vegas Bowl, that was another one that came to mind. So in my mind, I put I put this win as number two as of now. It could slide down to four or five, but and, and just TCU, the way TCU's, BYU did it, amazing. TCU was a great game on the road, and that was a heck of a win. But um, TCU at that time didn't have the name they even have now. Yeah. I mean, we all know how good they were back then, as good as anybody in the country. But it was they their didn't, second uh, year in the Mountain West. Yeah, they weren't a national brand at that point, you know, and now they're a national brand in the Big 12. So so I, I, I'm i with you. I think Oklahoma's one, and that one's probably two for now. We'll see how the season progresses. If Texas finishes, uh, you know, with two wins this year and BYU finishes with six, then we're going to ah, that wasn't that right, big right. of a deal. Exactly. The second thing I want to know your thoughts on, Blaine, is does BYU do this if they don't lose to Virginia? I, th- I think they win if they don't lose to Virginia, but I don't know if they come out with a mentality, just this aggressive, you know, get after it mentality. I think the loss fired them up, and they came out like a bunch of crazed dogs in that in that game. I don't know if they would have come out with that much effort, but I still think Texas would have had a hard time defending them from a scheme standpoint. So, I just thought of another game though. Yeah, the Oregon thirty-eight eight two thousand six. Yeah, Oregon because, wasn't ranked or anything. No, but but, but in terms of the. Oh, overperform. I mean, everybody yeah. thought Oregon just has too much team speed. There's and BYU absolutely dominated them. But that's like three or four. That's not up there in that top two. Yeah, I I think just so. the way BYU did it. And if Texas wins ten games this year, I I think if they go eight plus, I'm still going to have this as number two, just because of what Texas was ranked at the time and how BYU did it. Just unbelievable. Yeah, if well, I'll t- if Texas finishes ten and two this year and goes to a BCS bowl. And BYU finishes eleven and one, then this will be the biggest ever. Bigger, bigger than Oklahoma. Oh nine. If the if that's what happens, mm. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but <laughs> but if that happens, then all of a sudden this is well, that was the catalyst that sprung BYU into a BCS bowl. They they would likely be in a BCS bowl at that point. Yeah. If they're eleven and one, and Texas, I think 
if they went on a run and really turned things around and were then all of a sudden you look back and go okay that that was bigger because Oklahoma struggled a little bit that year once uh, once their quarterback was out and due to BYU right yeah and and Colby so, Clawson yeah, and BYU was good that year but but I think if you know if BYU went eleven and one from this point forward and and uh, Texas was a good team that won or finished second in the Big Twelve I'll change my mind I'll put it up at one yeah I think we were talking yesterday uh, with Trevor Maddich about obviously how big the win was but we asked him about Taysom Hill's performance and hard to find any fault with what he did with his feet but Trevor said it looks like Taysom's trying a little bit too hard in the passing game what's your take on that what does Taysom need to work on footwork uh you know arm strength things like what do you what do you he has no problem with arm strength what happens for a quarterback it's an accuracy thing right now and when quarterbacks aren't throwing the ball accurately every time it's about footwork it always comes back to the base to footwork so what I'm seeing is when he misses, he's typically missing high and right. High and right tells me he's overstriding a little bit, maybe stepping too far to the left so his hips are too open, and, and he's trying to throw it too hard. And quarterbacks, as they get more experienced and they're more calm, they stand in the pocket. They, you always hear them, oh, stand tall, stay tall, stay tall, don't overstride. You take it just an, a normal stride. You know, baseball hitting seems like it's changed. You know, guys, they just kind of pick up that, if you're a right-hander, pick up the left foot and put it back down. Let your hips get through. A quarterback's the same way. You, that stride foot, you stride out, but you don't overstride or it causes the ball to take off. And I think in the heat of the game, he just runs a 30-yard run, and they got a big series going, and then they need a completion. Right now, as a young quarterback, he's throwing it as hard as he can, and he's, and he's overstriding a little bit, and the ball's taking off on him. Experience and repetitions fix that. You know, where he'll start to just stand tall, the game will really slow down for him, and he'll just be calm in those moments, and, and I think he'll learn to take some velocity off the ball, and that will make the difference. I I think he has all the arm strength he needs. He's accurate enough when his feet are right, and experience will make him... Right now, he's like the running part of Colin Kaepernick. Down the road, he will be like Colin Kaepernick. Wow. That's saying a lot. And, yeah, right now, in, in my eyes on the field, BYU has a running back playing quarterback until mm-hmm. Taysom develops the pass game. Um, it, you know... 33%. I think you could put Jamal Williams in there, and he could probably shoot, throw for 25%. Um, but Taysom's shown that he has the aptitude, so that that's exciting. Let's end with this, uh, Blaine, with you. We have to get your thoughts on Utah. A bye week, which Utah's, uh, I'd say, taking a mission trip. They're not going to play for two years. And so going into this week, uh, this next game, the buildup is going to be huge. Your thoughts on BYU-Utah for the final time until... 2016. Well, Utah will play BYU way differently than Texas did because they just have over the years. So for the last decade, Kyle's um, philosophy against BYU has been, we're going to put nine people in the box. We're not going to let you run the football. We're going to tell our corners to just grab the receivers every single play. We're just going to be as physical as possible. We're going to grab a hold of them, try to knock them down. And we're going to do that every play because the officials aren't going to call it every play. So we're going to force the officials we're going to play as rough and physical as we can, try to get in their heads, and we're going to force the officials to make calls before we back off. And and BYU's got to come into that game with a mindset that it's a huge game, that that's the way it's going to be played, and they've got to punch back or punch first, which they haven't done the last couple of years. They've let Utah set the tone physically. This Texas game was such a good game for BYU to come in because you know, to come into this one because they did just that. They took it to Texas. They punched him in the face. That's what they have to do against Utah. Believe me, Utah will defend the run better than Texas did schematically, 
Um, they won't have better athletes than Texas had, but schematically they'll defend it better. And so Taysom is going to have to be able to make some plays in the run game, which I believe he will. And Utah's got to worry about Oregon State. I don't know how they lost in their first week, but they looked great offensively in the first week. They just couldn't stop Eastern Washington. Last week they looked great offensively again against Hawaii. Mannion's back at quarterback. You know, This is an Oregon State team that Utah better be ready for. So they can't focus on BYU right now. they got to focus on Oregon State. BYU's got two weeks. I like BYU's chances with two weeks. Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst. Always uh, appreciate the time, my friend. And uh, we'll look forward to more exciting adventures with you and Dave McCann on the sidelines and up in the press box. And we'll stay dry. We're glad you were on the field this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you were up there in your nice, cozy press box. Trust me, I, I've already put in the request for Blaine to be working the sidelines <laughs> next game. He used to. When he, uh, when he did stuff for the Mountain, he'd have the little headphones, like, a, like disc man headphones from the 90s, <laughs> be on the sideline. Were they neon yellow? No. Oh! They didn't m- match the pink Razor phone. <laughs> We love you, Blaine. (laughs) Blaine's a pros pro. Absolutely. Okay, poll update, Jerem. Yes. Besides Utah, what other BYU football game are you most looking forward to? Weigh in on BYUTVSports.com, and the results are Wisconsin leading the way at 44%, followed by Notre Dame at 26%, Boise State gaining traction at 22%, Utah State 9%, and 0% other. You're not looking forward to Middle Tennessee State or Idaho State the most? Nevada? Houston? Georgia Tech? I don't know what people are thinking. I don't know what they are thinking. Not compared to those guys, no. (laughs) BYU and Utah set for September 21st, 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time, 10.15 Eastern Kick Time in Provo, Utah. We heard Mr. Fowler's take. Up next, where does Taysom Hill think BYU can improve? And his thoughts on those youths. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is BYU Sports Nation on the home of the BYU Cougars, BYU Radio. Hill takes off again. He's in. Taysom Hill's third rushing touchdown of the night. It's hard enough to tackle a guy with Taysom's physical capability. But if he's deceptively fast or has deceptive ball handling and it gets, causes you to be out of position for just an instant, then it creates the ability for him to use that power to run through your arm. That was Dave McCann on Saturday night on BYU TV, followed by ESPN's Trevor Maddich talking about Taysom Hill. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio with Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton. A programming note, tonight's the first home match of the season for the BYU women's volleyball team. Spencer Linton and Kristen Kozlowski will call the match on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time as the Cougars play host to Montana State. I'll be honest, I don't know the uh, the mascot for Montana State. The I know bo- I know the Grizzlies are Montana, but Montana State? Bobcats. Bobcats. Good to know. Aaron, I'm glad Aaron, I know that. One of my student employees uh, is from Montana. One of our producers, Caitlin Jenny, from Montana. They're going to be mad I didn't know that. That's not good. <laughs> hey, and thanks for the shout-out, Jerem. Appreciate you putting out the plug for me. You mean, you mean a rise in shout? Is that what you meant? Even better. Even better. I like the plug for uh, our uh, volleyball debut tonight on BYU TV Sports. BYU sophomore quarterback Taysom Hill joined Dave McCann on True Blue last night. Taysom and Dave 
recapping the Texas triumph while also diving into next week's rivalry game against Utah. Dave started the conversation by asking Taysom how this Monday following a victory in the home opener was different for him compared to last Monday following that tough opening loss at Virginia. Obviously, it's extremely different one because, you know, we got the win against against Texas and you know, I knew what it was like. I started against uh, Utah State and Hawaii at home right. as a freshman, and so you know I was a little familiar with it there. But any time that you get a start against a university like Texas, where they come in and they're ranked 15th in the country, and um, they have the national exposure that they do, um, it's it's quite a feeling, and, and I've experienced nothing like it. You don't huddle up, so I, um, I can't ask you an in-the-huddle question. Yeah. Uh, but as you looked in the eyes of your offensive lineman, even with all the adjustments you made during the week, as you're getting eight yards a rush against Texas, what did you see in those linemen that led you to believe that they were in control of that line of scrimmage? Yeah, I think uh, their mentality. You know, they uh, came out, they fired off the ball, and right from that opening drive, you know, we had a, a couple really big runs opening drive, and that really opened everything up and right from that moment I went to the sideline I was talking to him and there is a new enthusiasm a new buzz around the sideline and those guys were fired up and they knew that we could win. Taking a look at, uh, at your performance uh, there was a time in that second half when it was third down and six and you ran up the middle for seven yards and a first down that told Blaine and I from up in the booth that that uh, this game had been won down in the trenches. Yeah yeah for sure and that, that's that's exactly what it was. You know, it's, it's easy when you can hand the ball off and rush for six yards of carry or whatever it was, um, and that's demoralizing to a defense. And to, to have to continue to get up and, and keep up with our tempo, it's, it's hard to do. And I think we were able to just wear them out. You know, we ran 99 plays in that game, and um, I, we, just, we just wore them out. You're completing 33% of your passes through these first two games. I know that's an area where you're working, yeah. and you got two weeks to go before Utah. But where do you start to uh, to sharpen up your passing attack, knowing that everything else is running on full cylinders? Yeah, I think first we need to uh, we need to scout our defense, the the defenses that we're playing a little better with me and the receivers. So we we received a you know a few different looks that we are used to and. Um, and we weren't adjusting our routes the way that we needed to. And, um, you know, I, I need to, to trust our protection a little bit better. I, you know, I was trying to throw a lot of our timing routes and our receivers were getting bumped off. And, and so, you know, we obviously need to get better on that regard. But, you know, Texas had, had a good secondary. Their corners were pretty well, are pretty good, and, and made some really good plays on the ball. So, How do you work on a touch pass type when your adrenaline's going 100 miles an hour, but your guy's five yards away? And John Elway had to learn this. Steve Young yeah. certainly had to learn this. I mean, the, the, the tendency is to fire him a rocket, yeah. whereas he might be better off getting a little touch pass. How do you develop that? Yeah, it's just, it just comes with time, I think. Um, and you, you, you think about a play and, you know, I, I don't know how long I have to make a decision of where to throw the ball, but, you know, it can't be any longer than three, four seconds, right. you know. And so you, you start to analyze what the defense is giving you and then see where your receiver's at and where the defender's playing him. And uh, it, it just comes with time, you know. Blaine's always talking about, as, as a former quarterback, uh, the more time you get, the game gets slower. Mm -hmm. Where all of a sudden you're in a little more control in the, in the backfield as, as opposed to a rush. And I imagine a quarterback would like to hurry up and get to where it's slower, but it, it's a process. It is a process, you know. And, 
Um, and, and then you start to add in the, the different looks that we get defensively. I think defenses have, have evolved uh, throughout time and, and they're doing a lot of really, really crazy things, you know. And um, then you, you start to add in running a play every 15 or so seconds and, you know, the, the game speeds up and, and that's the goal, you know, is to get it to slow down. And, um, you know, I'm really comfortable with our offense and everything. Um, but, you know, obviously not where I want to be, and, and we'll continue to improve on that. You like the no huddle, the go, 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 which which never gave Texas a chance. And, they, and they're a fast-paced team, too, yeah. but it never gave them a chance to exhale. Relax, yeah. Um, and that that's what we saw on Saturday night is, is what the no huddle is supposed to do, right, when we can control the line of scrimmage and do what we did. And, you know, I, I like it. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to stop. It's hard to defend when we start rolling like that. And it gave us a great opportunity to win, and you know we were able to put 40 points on the board against a good football team. All right, last question for you: You got Utah week from Saturday. Kyle Van Noy after the game the other night said that's the Super Bowl. Yeah. You get the feeling, and, and what do you do as a team to get ready for that one? Um, man, we, we have to prepare harder than we did against Texas. We have we have to do everything, and and that's what I was talking about. You know, I'll, I'll get with my receivers. We're going to watch the film. We're going to see what these guys do, their tendencies, and. Um, it's it is a really big game, and uh, it, it's not just another football game. It's not that way to me. It's not that way to Kyle. You know, Kyle texted me early this morning and to talk about Utah. You know what what uh, they're going to do to us, and um, that's our mentality. And we're we're going to prepare like we haven't prepared before. And um, you know, we're going to come out and we're going to play as hard as we can. And uh, I'm gonna I'm ready and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win. You just listened to BYU sophomore quarterback Taysom Hill joining Dave McCann on True Blue, uh, True Blue last night. Really honest, good insight from the quarterback, and uh, you have to think that he's his own worst critic. He, he's breaking down things that he doesn't do well, and he is, he is committed uh, and making it very clear that he wants to get better. He understands uh, that the passing game needs work. He wasn't a great passing quarterback in Pocatello, but he was really good. He had his senior year, I believe he threw for 3,000 and ran for about 1,500. And so he's certainly capable of doing it. And like he said, he just has a, it's, it's the quicker pace lends itself to quicker decisions within the play as well. And so, of course, he's rushing the ball. He may go down as the greatest rushing quarterback at BYU, surpassing what is probably Steve Young, which, by the way, Steve Young's going to join BYU Sports Nation Friday. So make sure you listen to the show every day, but especially Friday. Could you say that again? Steve Young on Friday. Steve Young. The Steve Young joining BYU Sports Nation on Friday. We're going to ask him about Taysom Hill, what he thinks about the Cougars and their bounce-back win over Texas, and get his thoughts on the infamous BYU-Utah rivalry again. Steve Young on BYU Sports Nation this Friday. Do not miss that. Now we go to Twitter. BYU's rush-pass ratio, 50-50 pretty much last year. Uh, there was only seven more run plays than pass plays in 2012. However, through two games this year, it's about 65% rush, 35% pass. Are you okay with that ratio with BYU moving forward in 2013? Tweet right now at BYU Sports Nation. Let us know your thoughts. We've already got some pretty good responses, and we'll get to some of those right now. Jerem. At ahbang3 says, if we win our games, I'm completely fine with that ratio of run pass. Uh, at CG4BYU. We keep putting up Texas-like numbers. Totally okay with it, especially against in-state brothers. Hashtag pickle juice. Hashtag no cramping. 
Oh, love the hashtag uh, pickle juice. That's the secret weapon, right? The Well, it's not a secret anymore because we said it, but yeah. The not-so-secret weapon. It used to be secret till we brought it up. Okay, moving on. Uh, we go to Andrew Bangeter. If we win our games, I'm completely fine with that ratio of run-pass. Di- at Diana Allen, uh, it's different for BYU, but I like it. They should play to their strengths. And so far, it's the rush and has not been the pass. 33% is not going to cut it. Just imagine if Taysom, he doesn't have to go 70. Uh, David Ash was a 67% guy last year for Texas. Uh, what if Taysom just goes 50? I think that's more than enough. If the ground game, the ground game's not going to do what they did Saturday. I don't, it, it took 55 years to produce that kind of game. That's, that's how rare that was Saturday, the last time BYU got, BYU got that many yards. In a game, we're Close not going to see that for a long time. Yeah, again. but if BYU can get, if, if when BYU gets two hundred plus, crazy amount of success, we're talking 97 percent win ratio when they get that kind of rush, they'll get more out of the pass game. Taysom Hill yesterday, after talking to the media, said, "I expect opponents to load the box a lot of cover one or cover zero, meaning wow. the safeties in the box." But he said that's going to open up passing lanes. He almost looked at it. Taysom Hill almost looked at it like, bring it. I'll be able to complete some more passes if that's the case. Well, Utah is, they're going to be ready. They game plan so well every year against BYU. You have to credit Kyle Whittingham, former BYU Cougar, with that mantra. He knows how to prepare his team for BYU. So you can expect them to load the box and make Taysom beat them with the throw, and I think he's ready to take on that challenge head-on. He's expecting it. He knows what he needs to do, and that 30% pass completion percentage can only get better, right? Yeah. Yeah, it it yeah, it yeah has to get better. It can't, if it gets worse, that's not good news. But uh, I, I think it'll get better, and I think it'll get better very quickly. Because after 550, people are going to load the box. It's going to be easier to throw the ball. You have a an incredible receiver core. I mean, we we, only, we have plenty of time to talk about that. Coming up on the Cougar Whip Around on BYU Sports Nation, everything you need to know, plus who gets today's rise and shout. This is BYU Sports Nation. Now, here's the Cougar Whip Around. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. Let's get to it. Football. A host of awards were given to the football team following the Cougars' 40-21 victory over 15th-ranked Texas. The Cougars were named Tostitos National Team of the Week. Taysom Hill was named CBSSports.com Offensive Player of the Week, Athlon Sports National Player of the Week, and FBS Independent or Independent Offensive Player of the Week. Not we're, bad. We're not done. We're not done. Alani Fua was the FBS Independent Defensive Player of the Week, and Justin Sorensen was the Special Teams Player of the Week. Sorensen also named one of three kickers on the Lou Groza Stars of the Week. Golf. The women's golf team opened the season yesterday. The Cougars are hosting a tournament at Hobble Creek Golf Course in Springville that includes Utah Valley and Weber State, among 14 other teams in the competition. BYU is currently in fifth. Cougar sophomore Leah Garner is on top of the individual competition at one over thanks to nine birdies. I've never had a birdie myself. Nine birdies. I know you have had a ton, but by the way, uh, San Francisco currently leads the competition. I'd be hard-pressed to find nine birdies in my entire golf career. Seriously. Like, I I was trying to think about that. I was like, can you imagine nine birdies in a round? I can imagine it, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I can't do it. Women's volleyball tonight. 
That's right. Women's volleyball tonight. BYU hosting Montana State at the Smithfield House. Cougars trying to build on a 4-3 and three record this season. You can watch that game live on BYU TV Sports. I will be there, as will Kristen Kozlowski calling the game. Looking forward to it very much. Okay, today's Rise and Shout goes to BYU offensive line coach Garrett Tujay. He's probably the unsung hero last week. They shuffle the O-line, and it paid off in a major way. BYU rushing for a school record 550 yards, and they were nasty. Nasty in a good way. Uh, BYU able to beat Texas on the backs of those uh, and blocks of those offensive linemen. Uh, 2J joined BYU staff this year from the College of the Canyons. He was an assistant for a long time, then the head coach. He's a former BYU offensive lineman during the Ty Detmer era. So today's Rise and Shout goes to Garrett 2J. Garrett. 2J, don't call me 2J, right? Yes. He is, by the way, when you just look at him, he just looks like a superhero. Like the <laughs> Mr. Incredible. The neck of a superhero. <laughs> just, this guy is going to crush the enemy. Then you hear his voice love, and it only adds to it. Yeah. He is an intense individual. I love that he's here. Yeah. I, really interesting take on when I was on the sidelines during the Texas game. Uh, he's shouting at his team, but words of affirmation in that he was saying, that they're talking about you. Their coaches are talking about you. You're the reason they're mad. So finish, finish the game. And I, I loved it. They I mean, were so fired up. And Robert and I was extremely fired up as well. Former offensive lineman for BYU. And so, what a what a result Saturday. And credit the offensive line. Okay, let's get to a few more of your tweets. We got about a minute left here on BYU Sports Nation. We go to at Nate Walton. He says, lots of running okay by me. Why fix it if it's not broken? But pass needs to improve if you want to beat Utah. At Seth Killingbeck, we were talking about the Utah game in the late uh, you know, start time, 8.15 mountain time, 10.15 uh, Eastern. He said, the Utah game could be really late if we have another weather delay. Oh, please don't. It could go don't, into Sunday. Don't oh, even my go goodness. There. Don't, even, don't even say the word weather <laughs> when mentioning BYU football. Not for a few weeks anyway. <laughs> oh, man. We go to... At Mike Mine 5 he said, how about some national perspective? Is Texas that bad, or is BYU that good? And that's an intriguing topic. We don't know yet. We'll find we out. We really don't know We'll yet. find out about Texas when they play 25th-ranked Mississippi this week. They're back in Austin, but Mississippi is a good team. They're a sneaky team in the SEC. And you said yesterday, all BYU fans should be the hugest Texas fans right now. You want to see the Longhorns perform well because that only makes the win over the Longhorns that much better for BYU. Yeah, and hope that Virginia is not the second-worst team in the ACC like they were last year. Hope that they actually at least compete at some level in the ACC so that that loss it, a loss doesn't really can't really look good but it can look better. Yeah. Oregon really uh, embarrassed Virginia, but you know what? Their mantra should be too fast, too good. <laughs> BYU's go fast. Too squad. awesome. They're just Who too, too fast, too good. Yeah. Who watches second halves of Oregon by the way? Nobody. <laughs> A big thanks to everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU Radio Station Manager Don Shaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Check out archived episodes of the show on the BYU Radio YouTube channel every afternoon. For Spencer Linton, I'm Jerem Jordan and the rest of our crew. Have a great Monday. This is BYU Sports Nation. Or Tuesday. Tuesday.